Stephen Toriello Show. Building a platform of liberty for people in search of truth with a dash of hope and a life worth living. The Stephen Toriello Show. And you never know where Stephen may go. And now, here's Stephen. What's up, podcast listeners? Welcome to the show. I wanted to do something a little bit different tonight. It's not something I would normally do, but I want to play an audio clip for you. And it's a long audio clip, and it's unedited. I did not edit it whatsoever, and we're going to play it from start to finish because I feel like this young man, this veteran, deserves his day, and he deserves his voice to be heard. You're not hearing a whole lot of this on the legacy media outlets, and I think you could probably guess as to why. This is a wounded warrior that was involved in the suicide bombing at the airport in that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan that the Biden administration overseen. I think we all remember what that was. And I remember the day that it happened. I remember telling people that this withdrawal is going to have ripple effects throughout our timeline in the next four years. Because if you guys don't remember, this happened in the very, very beginning of the Biden administration. Russia seen the weakness in the Biden administration. China seen the weakness in the Biden administration. That was the Biden administration's first mistake. And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, it is the biggest mistake it's made so far. One of the biggest mistakes. And this audio clip is from a young soldier, a young hero, that was there that day that got blown up by a suicide bomber. And this is his testimony that was taken live yesterday. And I just haven't heard it on any media outlet. So I had to come in the studio and I had to, I wanted to make sure that I played this clip for you because I feel like this, this young man deserves to have his testimony heard by all Americans. So like I said, it's not something I normally do. You're going to have to just bear with me. It's eight minutes long. It's unedited because I want you to feel all the emotions that's in this audio clip. You have to get, you have to hear it from start to finish. You have to hear all the pauses. He gets emotional, folks. And once you listen to it, you can totally understand why. So just bear with me. And I'll give you my opinion afterwards. So here it is. Good morning, Chairman, Ranking Member Meeks, and members of Congress. Thank you for inviting me to speak to you all about my Marine Corps scout sniper team's experience during the evacuation in Kabul, Afghanistan. This is my perspective. This is my account and not the DOD's. I'm Sergeant Tyler Justin Vargas Andrews. I'm 25 years old and from Northern California, a professionally instructed gunman and radio operator for my team. My sniper team was Reaper 2, part of Victor 2-1, Weapons Company, attached to Echo Company, 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines from Camp Pendleton, California. In June of 2021, after having just left Kuwait, we were deployed to Saudi Arabia as a show of force. We practiced a few small-scale non-combatant evacuation operations in the event we were needed in Afghanistan. August came, and two weeks later, we left for Kabul. Reaper 2 and Echo Company had a close relationship with the colonel of the Special Purpose Marine Air Ground Task Force. He kept us informed of the situation on the ground in Afghanistan, and we were ready to go, so we thought. An infantry platoon of roughly 40 Marines and my assistant team leader left for Kabul on August 15th. They eventually faced the Afghan civilian crowd that overran the Hamid Karzai International Airport. The rest of us arrived on August 16th. All the Marines linked up and staged inside a gym in Hkaya, not far from the airfield. We connected with our command and received our first mission later that night. 
From August 17th to the 18th, we surveilled and reported on Taliban activity from the top platform of satellite tower near the civilian airport terminals in Hkaya. We reconnected with another sniper team and moved back towards our staging area that night. Our team traveled to Abbey Gate forward in the afternoon of the 19th and set up a position in the tower as Marines and riot gear were sent through the crowd to cordon off a couple hundred people as we tried to begin some form of processing. Hundreds of people came in waves surging through the gate multiple times physically fighting us. Living out of our tower, we conducted 24-7 operations at the gate. The next seven days were surreal. Nothing prepared us for the ground experience we were about to encounter. It was chaos, but we worked together to figure out the next best steps. Tens of thousands of people descended upon Abbey Gate. We were looking for anyone with a blue passport, first and foremost. People were suffering from extreme malnutrition, dehydration, heat casualties, and infants were dying. Afghans were brutalized and tortured by the Taliban, flocked to us pleading for help. Some Afghans turned away from Hkaya, tried to kill themselves on the razor wire in front of us that we used as a deterrent. They thought this was merciful compared to the Taliban torture that they faced. <clears throat> Countless Afghans were murdered by the Taliban 155 yards in front of our position day and night. With only shipping containers between us, the Taliban would routinely murder people under our observation at their checkpoint. We communicated the atrocities to our chain of command and intel assets, but nothing came of it. The troops on the ground had to tirelessly work to control the crowds day and night. Department of State staff in Hkaya would completely shut down processing Afghans every evening and into the morning, leaving ground forces with a nightmare. They did not work in reasonable rotations and very much presented an unwillingness to work in other situations as well. No matter our health or condition, the Marines stood watch and engaged in disorderly and dangerous crowds. State was not prepared to be in Hkaya. In fact, state would not want to deal with the Afghans unable to be processed. Weakening the security of the perimeter, state would take us away from our mission to walk Afghans out to meet the fate of the Taliban, condemning them to death. The Taliban grew in numbers and strengthened their position around Hkaya with gun trucks while having occasional visits by Taliban leadership. On August 22nd, an improvised explosive device, IED, probe took place down the canal running along the perimeter of Hkaya. This was ISIS or the Taliban performing an IED test run. We reported this to our chain of command. Days later, we received word to be on the lookout for two vehicle-borne IEDs, described as a gold or white Corolla and a green Mazda convertible. Around 2 a.m. on August 26th, Intel guys confirmed the suicide bomber in the vicinity of and nearing Abbey Gate, described as clean-shaven, brown-dressed, black vest, and traveling with an older companion. I asked the Intel guys why he wasn't apprehended sooner since we had a full description. I was told the asset could not be compromised. Throughout the entirety of the day on August 26, 2021, we disseminated the suicide bomber information to ground forces at Abbey Gate. He was spotted somewhere from noon to 1 p.m. by myself, then Sergeant Charles Schilling, and another. The anomaly in the crowd, who was clean-shaven and fit the description exactly, traveling with an older gentleman. The individual was consistently and nervously looking up at our position through the crowd. The older of the two wore a black silky hijab that was covering his face most of the time. They both had obvious mannerisms that go along with who we believed him to be. They handed out small cards to the crowd periodically, and the older man sat calmly and seemingly coached the bomber. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. 
He eventually arrived and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor. came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. We found the interpreter and his brother born with American passports. They told us five told us of five family members still in the canal. I stayed there waiting for the family members standing against a two foot canal wall. Ten minutes passed. <clears throat> then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown twelve feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. This is tough, folks. This is tough. I know. <clears throat> I can't imagine. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me, and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. <clears throat> Almost immediately, we started taking fire from the neighborhood, and I saw how injured I was with my right arm, completely shredded and unusable. I saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood. I crawled backwards seven feet, roughly seven feet because I thought I was still in harm's way. My body was overwhelmed from the trauma of the blast. My abdomen had been ripped open. Every inch of my exposed body, except for my face, took ball bearings and shrapnel. <clears throat> I tried to get up but could not. Laying there for a few minutes, I started to lose consciousness. When I heard Chaz, my team leader, screaming my name as he ran to me, his voice, <clears throat> his voice calling to me kept me awake. When he got to me, he dragged me to safety and immediately started triaging me, tying tourniquets on my limbs and doing anything he could to stop the bleeding and start plugging wounds with the help of the other Marines. I was awake through most of it, screaming, moaning, and cursing. Please ask, uh, <clears throat> I ask you to please ask me about getting shot at the tower in Abbey Gate and how no one wanted my report post-blast. Even NCIS and the FBI failed to interview me. 
asked me to elaborate on my ordeal post-blast and asked me about this one little girl and her family that I reunited. Our military members and veterans deserve our best because that is what we give to America. The withdrawal, <clears throat> the withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion, and there was an ex inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, <clears throat> and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. I just want to say to Marine Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews, you, sir, are an American hero. And the legacy media may not give you an opportunity, but you, sir, have all the time here on this show. I want to thank you for your service and thank you for your sacrifice. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to remind you that nobody, to my knowledge, and I've been scouring the internet for this, nobody, to my knowledge, has been held accountable for anything that happened in the Afghanistan withdrawal. Nothing has happened to nobody. Nobody lost their job. Nobody resigned. This is the first time there's actually been testimony regarding that disastrous, disastrous withdrawal. So, like I said in the beginning, and I said this as soon as it happened, that this event, this event right here, was going to have ripple effects in the next four years. And it absolutely did. Because everybody was watching that withdrawal. And it made this country look weak. It made this administration look weak. And it just told all of our enemies that if they're going to do anything, then now's the time to do it. So thank you guys for listening to this. I wanted to leave the entire audio clip in there. I wanted you to hear the emotions from this young man, from this brave young soldier, this hero. And I want to remind everybody that this was the situation where Joe Biden was at the memorial service for those 13 brave soldiers that lost their lives that day. And he had to look at his watch. I know you guys probably remember that. But almost like he was too busy to be there to honor those 13 dead soldiers. That is unacceptable, folks. And if I'm not mistaken, he showed more emotions and more gratitude to the Ukrainian soldiers than he did those 13 soldiers. That's just my opinion. You can think whatever you want. That's how I feel about it. And I don't see, honestly, I don't see how you can think of it any other way. But this young man deserves his voice to be heard. And I hope this video, I hope his voice goes all across the world because everybody needs to hear this. And again, to you, Marine Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews, you, sir, are a hero and thank you for your service, and thank you for your sacrifice for this country. And I only pray and hope that somebody is going to be held accountable during these committee hearings about the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't have to be that way. I stumbled across this article this morning. Uh, these testimonies, I believe, were yesterday. And I stumbled across an article 
Um, and I and I started reading about it, and I seen this young man's this this young hero's testimony, and I felt like my listeners deserve to hear it too. And and this and this young hero deserves his voice to be heard too. You you may not hear it anywhere else, but you heard it here, folks. I really don't have anything else to say on the matter. I really just made this episode for this young man to get to get this young man's voice out there so you guys can hear this young this young hero's testimony about his his experience in that withdrawal and it didn't have to go that way and it's just unfortunate that it ended up that way and it's unfortunate that we had the administration in power that we did during that withdrawal because ladies and gentlemen I can almost guarantee it would not have been that way if the Trump administration was still in office so I know it I think you know it and I think everybody knows it but unfortunately, this probably won't get much attention, but it's going to get attention here. So hopefully we can see some accountability. And someone needs to be fired over this, folks. That withdrawal was an absolute debacle. You know, you had billions of equipment left behind. I mean, I can go down an entire list of all the things that were done wrong. Because of this administration, you had, it seems like, chaos, and 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 it didn't have to be that way. So, I hope everybody hears this young man's voice, and you guys just stay tuned. Um, I've been trying to keep the episodes uploaded to Rumble, so you can, you can find the show on Rumble now. I've been trying to get some more content out there, but uh, this is, I wanted to stop, and I made special time for this young man, so I wanted you guys to hear this. Thank you for listening to it. Thank you guys for tuning into the episode, and you guys have a good day, have a great week, and God bless you, and God bless America. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye.